What is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah hey. and Carrie. What's up? Uh, bit a light bit of news this week. Light news week, which is fine. It's the holiday. It is the holiday lull. I'm okay with it. Next week's going to be a big show. We have Game Awards results. We have uh, Cyberpunk first impressions from Micah and myself. Um, so that's going to be a big deal. Uh, no spoilers, uh, but I did kind of beat Assassin's Creed Valhalla. <laughs> so, like, I, I got to what I think most people would consider the ending of the game, though there is still story content that can be done after the ending of the game. Um, mostly wrapping up, you know, the Order of the Agents stuff and, and all that jazz. That's um, what with Odyssey. Say again? That's what happened with Odyssey. Once right. you finish your critical path, you can do whatever. Yeah, even though there's no credits at the end of the critical path, which was weird. Um, yeah. But I guess you can roll credits anytime in that game if you really if you really want to. Um, but I will say, and again, no spoilers here, uh, this game Assassin's Creeded so hard at the end, more than any other Assassin's Creed game ever has, <laughs> that I was, I was blown away. <laughs> Carrie, if you... I don't think you've ever played any of the Assassin's Creed series, have you? No. I I, I have never, as an individual, owned any of those games. Okay. I have watched other people play some of the earlier ones. That's about it. So, so though the games, and literally 95% of them take place during whatever historic period with whatever character you're controlling throughout the ordeal. And, and you, you have, like, the flash forwards, right? Yes, but... They, they, what they essentially do now, and they've kind of been doing this since the beginning, quite honestly, is they, they pack the majority of the insanity that is the overarching plot of the Assassin's Creed universe into like the last 30 minutes of the game. <laughs> I do know that much. And it yes. comes, and, and though, and though they do lay some breadcrumbs throughout the story, and, but it's one of those like you have to kind of have to be paying attention to understand what's going on to pick up on the breadcrumbs. Then they just wallop you at the end with stuff that just comes completely <laughs> oh, out of left field that you're just like, what the fuck? Love so, and then, like I said, th- this one did it harder than any than any uh, Assassin's Creed game. Tell us want to look it up now. It's it, you, should, you should you should read it's you should ridiculous. read yeah you should read the 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 plot line of the overarching plot because it's it's quite wild. Um, don't and it kind of reboots it kind of reboots itself with Assassin's Creed Origins where there is a new out of the animus character. Like the first 3 are like Desmond's story. Yeah, and it turns I knew out that it, much. Yeah, it turns out Desmond is Jesus Christ and he <laughs> dies for all of our sins at the I'm end sorry? of Assassin's Creed 3, right? What? <laughs> <laughs> Mike Micah, then, Micah is not he, he's only exaggerating by calling him Jesus Christ. Right, he's, mean, he's he's Jesus. he's Jesus in all but name. So <laughs> right, <laughs> like come on, and um, so and and then you know the in between uh, before before origins, you play as like some random Abstergo employee because they didn't really kind of know what to you know do yet. You know, and and you meet a couple of other people. Then origin starts, and you play as this woman named Layla Hassan, and then by like the end of Odyssey because odyssey she they go so far back mm-hmm. to ancient greece that that cassandra is like the the person who has the spear of destiny or some shit and and the the, the, sta- the staff of uh 
staff, was it staff of Helios, I think, or something like that, or Helios? Yeah, something like that. I can't and, remember. His, yeah, and, one, one, and one of those Greek, one of those Greek god characters. And and it's like it's like the spear of destiny, and it has this like it 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 is the it's the uber weapon, right? And Layla finds it, and spoiler alert, she ends up killing her best friend, and 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 then she meets up with the English dude and the other and the other woman, and now they're they're the world is coming to an end, yeah. but they have to get into the animus because there's something about uh, this time period featuring uh, Eivor, this Viking that they don't quite know a lot about. So that's like the whole point of them going into this and trying to figure out what this story is so they can stop the end of the world. Yep. I, 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 mean, uh, I just read the, the wiki synopsis mm-hmm. and um I'm good with not having played any of these games. <laughs> it's wild, you know. Like I really wish they would just cut this meta this meta story out. Well, like, well you, so you say that now, but where <laughs> where this game leaves off in terms of the meta story and where it could go in not only the DLC but in future Assassin's Creed games is wild with what <laughs> with what with what just happened in this game. And I wish I could say more. Um but only play this. Here's the other. Here's the only problem I have with Assassin's Creed. So it's beaten now. I can I can give it more form review. Very good game. You ever watch like a movie, right? That's two and a half hours long, but the pacing really sucks. And and, it feels and like, like you're there for three years. Yeah, and like especially like in the later, like you're enjoying the story, but the third act really drags out, and you're just like, look, I'm having a good time. But would you just get on with it, please? That's kind of where I ended up with Assassin's Creed. Like, I really just wanted the story to resolve itself instead of having to do a lot of bullshit that seemed unrelated to the the overarching plot of the game. And again, I beat the game. I was doing a fair amount of, like, they're not even side quests, like side activities early on. But about the halfway point of the game, I, I knuckled down and tried to moan to mostly focus on mainline content, which number one, they don't make it easy to identify what is mainline content. Like there's certain arcs that you have to complete to unlock the furtherance of the story, but it's not explicitly clear which areas on the map you need to go to, to do that. So you just kind of end up doing everything and then you get lucky when you hit the right one. Of course, one of the necessary, one of the critical arcs, the last area on the map whose arc I decided to do um, like an idiot. So about, but about halfway through, I tried to mainline, like focus on the main story as much as possible. It still took me 72 hours just to get to the ending of the game. And there's still a lot more things, including like critical path stuff that I can do still. If I wanted to, Jesus, there's a lot to do in the game. Like, like it, like if you wanted to do everything the game has to offer, much like Odyssey, it's easily another like 130, 140 hour game. And it's a cool world to be in. And I'm going I will go back to this game because like the like the side stories, like the little mysteries, the little one-offs that you encounter, some of them are really funny and are intriguing and make it worth kind of doing it. Um, but it's still a lot of Assassin's Creed, and I just needed a break. That's I just wanted to get to the end because I'm like, I just need to chill out before Cyberpunk comes out and I throw myself in another 70 hour game that we're getting ready to lead into. So, but it was good. I liked it. If you like Assassin's Creed, you should definitely play it. 
Uh, if you are a lapsed Assassin's Creed fan, eh, maybe this one you get back into, but it's just a lot. It's so much game. It's so much game nowadays. So. Yeah. But there's well, that's that. How you know, uh, that's how you know a game's worth a damn, right? Because it takes you 8 billion years. Yeah, I don't, but I, people people <laughs> need to stop equating length with quality. Like, I'm like, give me a 25 hour game that tells a great story in 25 hours. I'm happy to pay $60 yep. for it. The problem with the 70 hour game, it's not like every moment of Assassin's Creed Valhalla was like a moving experience. No, there's a lot of, right. there's a lot of slog and crap in that game, just like any other game of that, of that ilk. So, but it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm ready to not play it for a while, though. That is for sure. <laughs> Carrie, and speaking of speaking of games that can get a little repetitive, uh, still yeah. playing, still playing Hyrule yeah, Warriors. Still, still playing Hyrule Warriors. We took like a week off um, to play Monster Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> right. Try trying that out. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> I have like 470 hours in Monster Hunter World at this point. I mean, I would, like I said, I would scoff but i'm over that in destiny too easily yeah. so yeah <laughs> um, yeah age of calamity it's good i'm still like i'm taking it in sort of small chunks because uh, it's a muso game the game it's you can only fucking hack and slash your way but but so many times before it it starts to feel like a grind um and i'm trying to really enjoy what they did with this game because there's so much to enjoy about the game. I love playing with the different champions. Um, I love the fact that I did get to fucking punch Ravali in the face many times. Um, I love piloting the divine beasts is super fucking cool. Um, the story is the story, but um, yeah, I mean, just getting to spend more time with, with the champions is, is super fun. So I like it a lot. Um, and it has me excited to play another Muso game, which we will discuss when we get into news. <laughs> so, uh, also, probably more importantly, and something that has been taking up just as much time as um, what I've actually been playing is the fact that um, the Virtual Baltimore Gamer Symphony Orchestra concert is next week. It is the 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, it is free. We're just putting out fucking free music online for you to enjoy. It's going to be very good. I arranged 80% of the show. I perform on four of the tracks. I'm doing all of the video editing. And I'm already starting arranging for spring. So it's going to be really cool and you should watch it. And where can you do that? Uh, you can find out more information about that at Facebook dot com slash Baltimore GSO or you can just go to Baltimore GSO dot org Very to good. learn more about us. New releases this week. Uh, Call of the Sea comes to PC and Xbox yes uh, today as we're recording this. Uh, Destiny 2 gets its PS5 and Xbox Series X upgrade which I am downloading as we speak and I will pop in for a little bit tonight just to see what 4K 60 FPS Destiny 2 uh, looks like AK what PC people have been experiencing for the last year and a half. Uh, Doom Eternal comes out on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris 2 comes to Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch. Right, The Eye of Atlantis comes to PC VR. Shakes on a Plane, I don't even want to know what that's about, comes to PC and Switch. Uh, Swords of Gargantua comes to PSVR. 
and Temtem comes to PS5. Uh, Wednesday the 9th, Wood Salt comes to PC and Nintendo Switch. And then on the 10th, Animal Farm comes to PC. Brigadine, the can, legend. Can, can, we, oh. can we talk about that for a quick second? We can. It's not just Animal Farm, it's Orwell's Animal Farm. Like the book mm-hmm. about communism. Is it a point and click adventure game? Uh, I believe so. Okay. I'm looking at the Steam listing. I am very confused. <laughs> well, let's circle back around while you do some research on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brigandine, uh, The Legend of Runercia comes to PS4. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 comes to PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Google Stadia. Uh, Haven comes to PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. Sword of the Necromancer comes to PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. And then on Friday the 11th, uh, Medal of Honor Above and Beyond comes to PlayStation VR, or sorry, PC VR, my apologies. And then Space Invaders Forever comes to PlayStation and Switch. Hmm. So, yeah. Orwell's Animal Farm brings the familiar characters and situations of the uh, story to a game uh, and to the context of 2020. Depending on how you play, you may encounter situations very close to those in the book or others influenced by events Orwell never lived to see. Play it to explore a classic tale from the inside. Play it to try your hand at running the farm or because you dream of spreading animalism across the world. Play it because you've always wanted to oversee a construction project by a herd of cows. Play it because Boxer deserved better. <laughs> there you go. How much I'm is like it? I'm like morbidly interested. Um, that's an excellent question. I feel like if it's more <laughs> than $20, that's going to be a bridge too far. Catch it on the Steam sale. Yeah. How many ratings does it have? Or what's the rate to score for it so far? Um, uh, no user reviews. Oh, well, I guess it did just come out, or it is coming out. So It is coming out. Well, I, there you I, go. I don't know why it doesn't have a cost associated. Mm. Is it free? There's I no way know. it's free. Yeah, you know, trying to spread the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> Next we'll get uh, fucking Anne Rand books as adventure game. Don't compare Orwell to Anne that, Rand. Uh, that Aunt, that Zack Snyder will love because he's a weirdo. Uh, I'm not comparing the two. I'm just different figures having video games like figures like that having video games. It's it's, it's odd to me. It is. It's very. I strange. mean, Bioshock in many ways was a commentary on Ayn Rand. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, done so. done effectively. Mm. Yeah. Uh, don't say that too loud. I don't <laughs> want Zack Snyder to make a Bioshock movie. <laughs> as somebody, a, somebody else can, though. Just not as Zach someone Ryan. who basically got a master's degree in English. I have read Animal Farm a few times. Um, so yeah, I'm. I might have to play that. I tried reading 1984. It's it's tough. It's uh, tough. I my favorite fun fact as far as 1984. I read it in a single sitting while I had been called for jury duty and <laughs> my my name got called and they saw that I was reading 1984 and they sent me home. <laughs> oh, all right. I've never been called for jury duty. I will keep that little nugget. <laughs> 
go to uh, youtube.com slash dense pixels and subscribe and click the bell notification icon to be notified on when we post a video. We do it every week. Uh, subscribe to all of the TNP Studios podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, including the Nerdpocalypse, Black on Black Cinema, Coming Distractions, and the weekly preview episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. And if that's not enough, if you just want more, go to densepixels.com slash premium uh, for $5 a month or $50 a year. You get access to all of the premium podcasts, including the airing of grievances, which we need to do a couple of those. Um, we're in season seven. We're almost done. Mm-hmm. We're almost done. Uh, no Time to Bleed, which apparently the next movie has been chosen, according to Jay and Brad. I, well, I think I think he just popped that when we were recording Look Forward last yeah, night. That's, and that's it just, how, <laughs> hey, look behind the curtain, folks. That's how we pick them. <laughs> <laughs> Someone says something and is like, you know what we should do? We should do that. We're doing that one. <laughs> The Man with the Golden Tongues, uh, Upstage Conversation, and the full episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast this week featuring our very own Brad. I am, um, he posted it late, mm-hmm. so I am uh, only 56 minutes and 21 seconds into it. But uh, that is one of my favorite shows uh, to listen to and all of podcastdom. So I, uh, I highly recommend it. Deathpixels.com slash premium. We had a lot of fairly good material to shit on this week on Look Forward. <laughs> so well worth the episode to listen to that. Um, I don't know why Ubisoft announces release dates for their games. Because I think literally every <laughs> game that Ubisoft has been scheduled to publish in the past year and a half has gotten delayed. Um, the remake of Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, was supposed to come out. Uh, January. It's now coming out March 18th, supposedly. We'll see. Uh, it's fine. Just, uh, you know, clear, clear space. I'm not exactly excited about yet another Prince of Persia remake or reboot or whatever no, they're doing. Me so. neither. They, um, that, that series has, has really experimented with, with, uh, its IP, right? Like mm-hmm. Sands of Time was pretty great. It's a it's a pretty great uh, adventure game and kind of a nice little throwback to the original Prince of Persia being a you know a, a puzzle game. And then uh, I don't know when the second Prince of Persia came out. I'm assuming um, somewhere around the 2000s because mm. everything was angsty and dark and and weird. Um, what warrior I, I within? Yeah, I know it didn't come out in the 2000s, but it felt like it came out in the 2000s, right? No, like, so, wait, Sands of Time was 2003. Yeah. When Warrior, Warrior Within was 2004. Uh, well, there you go. There you go. Because everything everything about the 2000s is just like, uh, it's Underworld and, and Daredevil. Did, did, uh. did, did Evanescence do the soundtrack for Persona exactly. of the Warrior <laughs> Hold on, now I have to. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe just the title track. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, bring me to life, released in two thousand and three. So yeah. that checks out. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Everything was just like that's that's when the world went through its goth phase, which you know we all do it. It's interesting because uh, it was like simultaneously going through a goth phase while also being like. 
we're past the year 2000. The future is now. And so like everyone was dressed in like plastic for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen so many black people in Jenko jeans before in my life. Like they were, I didn't know what Jenko <laughs> jeans were until the 2000s. And I used to hang out with. Some well, here's the thing. Were they, were they Jenkos or were they trap pants? They might've been trap pants. They yeah. were, they, they were, they There's were a distinct difference they were huge right they were huge they were black they had buckles all over themselves those are trap pants jango jeans are just big trap pants have the buckles they look like it it looked like tatsuya nomura designed or trip pants whatever i don't know um but yeah that that whole series like the the nolan north prince of persia is very is 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 different from uh, the other ones, you know, he was a little more likable until the very end when he undid everything because he's a man and a woman can't sacrifice herself to save the goddamn world. Um, and then wasn't there another one? Like that series has really kind of tried to find itself mm-hmm. and I don't think it ever found itself. I would agree. Uh, if you are going to play Cyberpunk 2077, as many of us are. And you are prone to epileptic seizures, you might want to watch out because Game Informer writer uh, Liana Rupert published in her review a PSA detailing her experiences playing Cyberpunk. Uh, and she said she experienced a serious seizure while playing Cyberpunk 2077, uh, notably in one of the brain dance missions that are in the game, um, which is wild that. And like, like it's easy to blame CD Projekt Red for not including a seizure warning, um, which apparently they did, but it's it's kind of tucked away in the EULA. Which no, don't don't do no, that. No one's no one's <laughs> going to read that. Don't don't do that. Um, it's yeah. I mean the the whole experience, um, like when you put on the headset in the game, you have a blinking light sequence that is apparently very much like the actual device that actual neurologists use in actual life to trigger a seizure when they need to trigger one for diagnosis purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's blue and red lights flashing. Like, did the fucking Porygon episode of Pokemon not teach us <laughs> fucking anything? And that's 25 goddamn years ago now. Um, and, and not only that, but it, not only did CD Projekt Red not catch any of this, which, you know, I can understand how that might be an oversight. The game does go through like certification processes by like Sony and Microsoft and other groups that typically would catch these things. Yeah. That typically look out for kind of stuff like this. Um, this could easily be done and fixed, uh, not even fixed, but just put a fucking splash screen with a seizure warning up, up top when you boot the game up. That's all we're looking for. Good Lord. Like I can't, I can't believe someone had a literal grand mal seizure while playing this game. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, and it's weird because games, especially games nowadays, like they go out of their way to make accessibility a thing, and to uh, so I, I'm just. I mean, fuck! I've played like fucking like DS games that had a splash screen at the beginning that were like may have flashing lights if you're sensitive to seizures. Watch out! And it's like I'm playing fucking fire emblem mm-hmm. like uh I... but you know when the when the 16 bit games do explosions they just do like splashes of light across the screen essentially to mm. simulate something exploding so i i can understand that 
Um, but yeah, even like Microsoft re- apparently requires its game studios titles to pass the what's called the Harding FPA product safety test without failing, uh, which is the software that Carrie alluded to. Um, it's it's actually an analyzer that determines if flashing lights or patterns may be may risk causing seizures. Like Microsoft runs all of their games through this program to make sure that this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So a lot of dropped balls here. Um, I'm 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 sad that it happened to this reviewer, but I'm on the other hand appreciative that it did because she could get the word out on a wide scale and bring it to people's attention before the game releases. before the game releases. Yeah. Um. I mean, for, for what it's worth, um, CDPR um, responded via Twitter saying that it does plan on implementing a separate epilepsy warning in the game beyond the EULA and is also apparently exploring a more permanent solution that it will be implementing as soon as possible to address the in-game sequence. Yeah. Again, if, if there's anything important that people need to see, do not put it in your fucking end-user license agreement. Those things should be illegal anyway, Yeah. for Christ's sake. <laughs> Or at least, or at least, able to be summarized in such a way that lay people can read it. We could go off. We could go on on tangent all day about end user agreements, but I can I can speak all day about the bullshit of legalese yeah. and why everything <laughs> should be written in plain English. But it's only a hour and a half long show. <laughs> so, so once again, um, we are in, knee deep in Metal Gear Solid movie rumors. This has been an ongoing thing since the mid-aughts, basically, mm-hmm. um, that we've been told that there's going to be a Metal Gear movie happening. Well, apparently there is one that's happening. Uh, it's being it, – we've known about it for a while. It's being directed by uh, Jordan Vote Roberts. And apparently they have cast uh, Oscar Isaac to play Solid Snake in the film. Um, I'm good with this casting. You know why I'm good with this casting is because he wants to do it. Like he Mm -hmm. said in an interview a year and a half ago that he wanted to be involved in the Metal Gear project and he wanted to be Snake. Like this is Mm -hmm. someone who presumably has played these games and Mm -hmm. is interested in the story and cares about the character. Um, Yeah, fuck, whatever. I would much rather have someone who has played the games and knows the character and knows the ins and outs of this franchise um, than someone who hasn't. And Oscar Isaac is also a good actor. So Yes. I mean, even if they haven't, right? It's their job as an actor to get familiar, right? Like Benedict Cumberbatch didn't know shit about Doctor Strange. <laughs> that's and, and true. He, and he read a bunch of Doctor Strange because he's a good actor. Like, that's what he does. So I just uh, like, I... I, I I can appreciate, you can appreciate the fact it that on a different he, level. Yeah, like you can appreciate the fact that he's going to bring an enthusiasm to this role. Right. Um in in the same way that um fucking why am I blanking on his name? Superman brought to <laughs> Henry Cavill Brand, yeah, brought hey, brought almost, to the I almost said Brandon Brandon Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean yes, but no. <laughs> Uh, Henry Cavill bringing that enthusiasm to to The Witcher on on Netflix. I think you can kind of tell that this is someone who really enjoys the the story of The Witcher and therefore brought a level of enthusiasm to the role that someone else might not have been able to bring. Sure, sure. Um, I'm fine with the casting. Like you said, he's uh, Oscar Isaac Hernandez Estrada uh, is is very good. 
at what he does. And, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm a little concerned about, uh, the director. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 I am not familiar with, uh, this person's work. He did. Uh, he did the most recent, uh, uh, King Kong movie, the skull Island mm, film. Yeah. 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 Uh, look, I didn't see that movie. Um, so I can't really judge. Uh, Jay saw it and, uh, he didn't care for it. But, you know, sometimes Jay can be uppity about movies. So, <laughs> you know. Jay? Really? Yeah, right. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm interested. This guy, uh, the director, he seems to be passionate mm-hmm. about movie making. And he seems to, like you said, he wants to make this movie, right? Like he's a fan of the, of the series, apparently. Yeah. Um, but sometimes that can be like a detriment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he, no, I'm laughing. So he also directed the, um, the Destiny, like the Destiny Two trailer, like the really good one that kept cutting back and forth between like Zavala giving an inspirational speech and then Cade Six doing his Cade Six stuff, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. So he directed okay. that as well. All right. So I, I'm, I hope it's good. Uh, I hope it's good. I hope if they it, get the spirit of. Huh. If, if it, yeah, gets made. it gets made and, if and gets arguably, made. arguably more important than casting solid snake is going to be who gets cast in the two main villain roles in the film. Who do you want to see is revolver. Ocelot. I don't know, man. Like I said, I'm, I'm awesome. You gotta have, you gotta have Oscar Isaac also be a liquid snake. That would be funny well, as I shit. Mean, that's, that's a given, right? Like, that's a given. <laughs> I don't think it's a given, but it would be funny as shit if that was the like, case. You gotta, you gotta really make them up, though. You know what I yeah. mean? You gotta make them look a little... You gotta make them look different, right? But I would love if 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 he played a door Because <laughs> it's, it's Metal Gear. Yo, who cares? Yeah, right? It's silly. It's silly. Can we it's also silly. cast Kojima as um, fucking Otacon? Uh... I mean, I don't want to, but why not? Like, I, I would, I would much, I would much rather him like not get a speaking role, but he's the dude in the suit. If they do Psycho Mantis, like that would be even funnier to me. So, <laughs> that would be that would be somehow hilarious to me. And and it, like I said, this movie is what's. I don't know what this movie is going to be because I can't imagine it's going to be so meta as to appeal to the hardcore fans in in a meta way. Like I think they're going to play it straight, which. It's a little uh, unfortunate. I don't play straight. You can't really, you can't play this series straight, man, because the series itself doesn't take itself too seriously. Like you can have, like this series is all about character. I don't know a goddamn thing about that. I know that there's a walking tank and some bad guys want it. That's it. That's the story. Yep. <laughs> this this series lives and dies by its characters, and and quite frankly, Snake is not that great of a character, right? He's got to be an empty vessel. Everyone around Snake is incredibly like has has a lot of personality. So I I I want I want a, a, a cool cast of characters. And if this guy is as a big of a fan as he says, you know, hopefully he hopefully he he does that. Mm-hmm. So so uh, Nintendo has been pissing off a lot of people this week uh, just by doing. A lot of stuff that's just 
they didn't have to do anything. It's silly. They could have just it's let silly. shit happen. So, uh, over the weekend, Nintendo canceled a Splatoon 2 tournament live stream. Um, most participants think it's due to the names of the participating teams. 30% of the top teams had team names that were in support of Melee and Smash, um, such as uh, Melee Nation, hashtag free Melee 227, etc., um, so people were doing this, like this support of the Melee community was in response to last month when Nintendo sent a C&D to the organizers of the Big House, which is a big Smash Brothers Melee competition, and organizers of that show had said that Nintendo didn't like the planned use of a fan modification for Melee called Slippy, which allows for better online play, uh, and so without the mod... Playing Melee, which is, you know, a GameCube game, um, trying to play that online sucks. Um, but this mod makes it, like, reasonable to do so, particularly in a competitive environment. Um, so, yeah, the Big House event, because in case you haven't noticed, we are still in the middle of a fucking global health crisis. So the Big House, instead of having a bunch of people in a room, which is fucking dangerous, um, they were going to do it online. So they needed to use the slippy code to do it. And Nintendo was like, fuck you. Don't do it. And no one knows why. Mm-hmm. We, we don't know why. And so the Splatoon community, in support of the Melee community, did all of these team names in support of Melee. And Nintendo canceled the Splatoon stream. And it's just like, what are you doing? Why? But wait, there's more. Uh, that that's on the heels of, so there was a YouTuber, uh, his name was Desmond Amofa who took his own life, uh, back in or back in Uh, June of last year. Yes. Yes. And so there was a charity campaign, um, that was on Indiegogo that raised $37,000 that were, that concluded last August for, uh, to buy Eticon controllers, which were Joy-Cons that had custom shells on them, uh, in his honor. Basically, and the proceeds from the sale were all donated to nonprofits and mental health groups, essentially. So charity. And then the creator of the campaign, uh, he just announced that in September also got a cease and desist letter from Nintendo to stop him from selling and giving out the games, which he had then had to refund every single person who contributed to the Indiegogo campaign. Just be just because it had a phrase on it that had Joy-Con in it that was that was on these things. They waited a year though in order to 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 fucking do this. Come on, dude. And again, it just it just just taught like the it's not like the people that are buying these controllers don't own Nintendo Joy-Cons. It's not like they're buying them because they're like, oh, I, I need to get a set of Nintendo Joy-Cons. Let me get some Eticons. Like, this is gonna be great. No, they're buying it to to because because of this guy because they want to help contribute to the cause that is being raised for. Like this is such an unforced error, and I understand yeah. why they're doing it. But no, th- like there's no marketplace confusion for the fucking Eticon controllers from regular Nintendo Joy Cons. Like, come on, no, what are you doing? Stop shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand that at all. But. What's up with your company, man? <laughs> my company 
I can't even really like I have I don't have a comeback. I got all these fucking Pokemon <laughs> tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> so again, N- Nintendo, stop being such a fucking corporation. Yeah, and just and just you know be regular dudes. So. She kind of, kind of shit just drives me nuts. At least partner with these people. Just like help them figure out what they need to do to, right to make it right. Yeah. So get your marketing department on on <laughs> on the phone, dude. right? Like this is a this is a wonderful opportunity to show that you are, you know, people. Just buy yourself yeah. or just buy yourself some fucking good publicity. <laughs> right. well, I mean, like I said, I'm not I'm not going to not be cynical and and acknowledge that's exactly what it would be doing. But you know. Ain't no one ever hurt by throwing always throwing some money at some good at some good PR. <laughs> never hurt anybody. But again, that and I've talked to people that work for Nintendo. Like it's it is very much a Nintendo Japan runs the show, and Nintendo North America just kind of does their thing. And but everything has to get run by the mothership. So even even if someone at at at, at NOA might think, hey, maybe we should you know proactively involve in this if it doesn't fly in Japan, then it's not fucking happening. So. Such is the way. Uh, according to Activision, World of Warcraft Shadowlands is the fastest selling PC game of all time. Uh, they sold more than 3.7 million units globally on its first full day of launch. The previous record holder, another Blizzard game, a little indie title by the name of Diablo 3 that came out back in 2012, which sold 3.5 million copies on its first day of release uh, back then. So we're shocked. Yeah, the, ta- like the, the tales of the tales a- of WoW's death uh, slightly exaggerated. Yeah, this this many this many people still out here playing World of Warcraft. Well, That's I remember wild. I remember when you know the article a couple of years ago, some stories came out and we talked about them where people were like, "Oh my god, like WoW's subscriber base is down fifty percent from where it was five years ago." But what's not said is that it went from ten million subscribers to 5 million subscribers, which is a lot, but 5 million subscribers still makes you like 10 times more successful than the next most popular, yeah. you know, subscription based MMORPG. Yeah. So it's <laughs> just like, cool. Like, well, we, we, we certainly don't have as much money as we did before, but we still have all the money. Mm-hmm. So we can still throw all the money at things. We just can't, uh, you know, just, we, we don't, we have to get rid of our Scrooge McDuck style money vault that we can't swim in during lunch breaks. That's how communism. That's how you know communism will never work. Oh, your, your, your little animal farm game ain't gonna do nothing. Because guess what? Like people, people are laughing at them for not for for still having the highest subscriber rate in this type of game. Like, would it cut down by half? But it's still the highest. Yeah. <laughs> by 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 an exponential factor. <laughs> Like who who would have been number two at that time? Because I don't even think Final Fantasy fourteen was was in, in, on on its uh, on its stride yet at that point. And EverQuest was free, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So what? The Old Republic? <laughs> step step <laughs> step into World of Warcraft? <laughs> I, I don't think so. So yeah, uh, the last story in the quick news uh, belongs to Carrie because I don't know anything about this. Yeah, uh, the long-awaited confirmation of Persona 5 The Strikers um, coming out in English. It's finally fucking happening. Um, So this actually leaked uh, like four or five days ago. 
where uh, like a trailer, uh, like an official trailer, voice acted. Um, fucking whoopsie doodle leaked <laughs> online, <laughs> and everyone was like, "Okay, cool, neat." And then like today, Atlas was like, "Yeah, here it is." Fucking thanks. Like, I have to imagine Atlas had intended on debuting this at the Game Awards this week, um, but someone along the way fucked up somewhere and the trailer leaked online like a week early. But yeah, so uh, Persona 5 The Strikers is the um, the Warriors, the Muso style spinoff game of... Persona 5. Um, it is, I believe, a canon continuation of the story. So this takes place after the events of Persona 5. Uh, I'm fucking excited as shit for it. Because um, I, I fucking love Persona 5, man. Like That game's good as hell. I love these characters. I'm excited to spend more time with the Phantom Thieves. Um, yeah, game looks good as hell. Music is going to be good. They got the whole cast back to voice the characters again um Very yeah good. i'm in uh, it right. comes out february 23rd and pre-orders are set to open on the 10th uh notably um this was i think originally in japan this was i think it came out on the uh i think it came out exclusively on the switch for a minute and then it released on the ps4 and in English, it's going to be available on Steam. So this is this is getting a a uh, PC release in addition to the console releases. So very cool. I'm happy for you. Thanks. <laughs> and, all, and all the other <laughs> for all the other Persona Five players. <laughs> what what genre of game could they put out in the Persona universe? That you wouldn't play. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. If there if there if there was a Persona Five simulation racing game, <laughs> would you would you still buy it and play it? I'd still fucking try it. You better believe it. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say kart racer because that would probably be amazing, actually. But, uh, but speaking <laughs> of. Uh, the Persona series. Um, just a little little self plug in here. I contributed to a book that like just released a few weeks ago. It's the Hardcore Gaming 101 Guide to Shin Megami Tensei and Persona. Um, I wrote a few articles for it. It's very fucking cool. And since we need to seek into the Amazon mention, you can get it on Amazon. You can go to densepixels.com slash Amazon and you can plug in Hardcore Gaming 101, and uh, you can, it's the second thing up there. Hardcore Gaming 101 presents the unofficial guide to Shin Megami Tensei and Persona, at least a few weeks ago. You can get that shit on paperback. It is $30, and it is worth every penny, because it is the most comprehensive guide to the Shin Mega Ten series you will ever find. That's pretty cool. And I've never seen anyone snipe somebody for an ad read before. Hey, hey, you, you know, that's how it is, uh, Brad, amongst us minorities. We, uh, we claw and scratch to steal each other's jobs while, while the white man is just laughing his ass off. <laughs> 
So, uh, moving into the big news from the week. Um, I try not to get too worked up when major names leave studios because studios are not one man or well, not one man or two men. They're, they're a team of people working hard and, you know, it's not, I, I would assume that there's not a dearth of, of talent drop off between, you know, studio lead and someone that might be ready to ascend into that role. I was concerned when it was announced on the same day that both Casey Hudson, the studio general manager and Mark Dara, the executive producer of Dragon Age have both left Bioware. Uh, apparently the splits were planned. Um, they, they, they described it as retiring from Bioware, but I mean, mm. if, yeah, if you're retiring like, and then like, like Sting retired from wrestling yes. under the WWE banner. And then a couple months later is walking out on AEW. Right. I like, yeah. So, it's, so it's one of those things. Um, but so, but Casey Hudson, especially like left a couple of years ago to go work for Microsoft, came back, uh, to help steer the ship during Anthem's development uh, and and the lead up to Dragon Age 4 and is now leaving just a couple years later as well. And then Mark Dara, again, someone that was also heavily involved in Anthem, uh, pivoted to basically run the Dragon Age project as well. Um, but they have both decided uh, that it is time to go. Again, it's, it's just frustrating because it just seems like hit after hit after hit uh, – with Bioware over these past couple of years in terms of the stories that are coming out in terms of the news that's being laid, like literally the mass effect announcement is the only good news that we've received <laughs> coming out of Bioware. I mean, honestly, for though, the last yeah. two years. Um, so this is, so this is met with a little bit of concern for me. Um, again, those are two big hitters to be leaving again. When, when you lose one guy, fine. When you're losing two major people, including someone heading up, what's supposed to be like your tent pole game that's coming out in the next year or two, um, potentially a concern as well. It's, and especially given the, the stories that we've heard uh, about the culture inside the studio, um, you know, it's not great. right. So, uh, Mike, I, I must turn to you as our, as even a bigger Bioware fan than I, uh, what was, what was your reaction to the story? Yeah, I hate to sound like uh, every other elitist uh, Bioware fan, but ever since EA bought Bioware, <laughs> it's been all downhill. Um, Bioware is a shell of its former self. Um, yeah, it sucks, man. It sucks. Um, it, it, Bioware used to tell really, really good stories, and um, now they just kind of tell okay stories in a bad way. Um, and, 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 and it just, it's like watching your dog die. You know what I mean? Like, like you love your dog and you don't want him to go. But at the same time, it's like, damn, like this is fucked up, but I get it. So I, about to have an old yeller situation here. I mean, for Bioware, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, and and your old dog tried one more trick, right? And you appreciate the trick; it just didn't quite, you know, do it for you. So then you delete the trick off your hard drive, and you never touch Anthem again. And and now it's time to 
put Bioware uh, out to pasture. Uh, it sucks, man. I, but we, but we still got Mass Effect. We do. I, I just, I hope. Hopefully, that won't be like the last <laughs> hurrah. <laughs> right. Hopefully, Mass Effect won't be the death knell. And and you know, if if for whatever reason, and people are gonna find reasons to not like this Mass Effect Legendary Edition, right? But I, I don't I, I don't necessarily include those, but if for whatever reason this Mass Effect Legendary Edition isn't like just the bee's knees and everything that Bioware fans want. I, I feel sorry for anyone who works at EA because Bioware people, they're, they're, they must be all cancers like me, right? Like they're all cancers, the astrological sign, not, you know, calling them a disease um, because we're a passionate people and we get over emotional and, uh, and, and the internet is going to blow up. So, I mean, but what, what can people truly expect from the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I think people want up-resed graphics. Mm-hmm. I think they want a uniformed play system, which which uh, you which they they would have announced if that was happening. So you can't that's that if you expect that, then you're creating an unfair expectation around something. So have, have you met people? I know, but I'm just saying, like you can't <laughs> you can't you can't look at the announcement that they made last month see that that's not in there and then four months from now be like well i'm upset that this wasn't in the game i'm like well they never told you it was like that's that's silly like you can speculate up until the point where they tell you what it's going to be and then the speculation must cease and you must deal with the reality that is then presented (laughs) to you all this all this uh all this you know uh uh reasonable thinking don't work on cancers (laughs) i know i'm a cancer um yeah, I think they want I and I think they I think they just want a reason to replay those stories, right? You can mm-hmm. play those stories, especially if you have Game Pass. If you have Game Pass, you have EA Play. And the Mass Effect trilogy is on EA Play right now. So if you really want to, uh it is easily accessible. But um yeah, I think they I think they just want a reason to hop back in that world again and remember mm-hmm. all the good times and just kind of I don't know, man. I don't. I think they don't want the multiplayer for Mass Effect Three. I think they don't want that. Which uh, it was fun, but it was also mandatory if you wanted to get the best ending. Mm. And then people didn't. Well, they they already said ending. that they aren't they aren't putting the multiplayer in the game. Oh, they're not. No. Oh, okay. All right. Well, see, they're, all they're the not trying to run there. servers alongside of this thing. Come on, <laughs> try to put this ship this shit in a box and just get people to give them money. Like, come on, let's let's. Let's get with this shit here. Yeah, but you know, it's it's the last. This is it for Bioware. Well, like I said, I I just hope that Dragon Age Four is not a massive flop. Like that that's the that's the only thing I'm worried about is that you because know, Dragon Age stealthily is the most consistent series that Bioware currently has going for it, even more so than Mass Effect, just because Dragon Age One was so beloved. Uh, Dragon Age Two was a huge miss. Um, but yeah, then, man. but then they, but then they, then they corrected it. Then they corrected and made literally the game of the year in, in 2014. So that game's that old already. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If that you can believe it real old, if you can believe it. 
Um, but oh, no. but that game was that game was beloved by by a lot of people. And Inquisition was good. Yeah, and 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 That's a game I've got a lot of the folks. Story twice. Yeah, got a lot of folks into that universe that had never been before. Um, certainly, you know, not as the Mass Effect series. I feel like has has had more had higher highs, but also lower lows than than the Dragon Age series has had so far. Um, According to like the masses, right? Yeah. Like, the lowest point in Mass Effect for me was Andromeda, and it's mm. not even a low point, right? But like, we're we're also you and I are also like super, yeah, super fans, yeah. like like we're like we're like we we can't we can't be objective when it comes to when it comes to the Mass Effect series because we have a very very strong emotional connection to that series. Yeah, but I, Dra- Dragon Age players deserve what Dragon Age Four should be, especially with how they kind of left the story laying. At the end of Inquisition. Um, yeah, no shit. Yeah. What the fuck, Solus? I want to <laughs> crack that egg open. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, fake-ass Charles Xavier-looking elf motherfucker. What the, <laughs> what the hell, dude? <laughs> so, I, yeah, like I said, I, I really hope that uh, this is not portend um, major woes coming from that studio. But uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Because... Uh, but that, that sucked. Like I said, I, I was shocked to hear that news. It was announced very somberly, and uh, it was it sucked. <laughs> it just sucked ass. Um, post office, Micah, take it away. Uh, <laughs> Trey says uh, it's a shame that Telltale isn't around anymore to acquire the license to make a Lovecraft country game, or is it? Is it a shame? I don't Telltale think it's a shame that Telltale isn't around anymore because I think as we learned when they unexpectedly shut down that country that country that company was not being run particularly well. <laughs> that also, was a Freudian slip. <laughs> <laughs> that country wasn't being run well. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. Uh, <laughs> uh, also like Telltale ascended to mainstream on the backs of very smartly acquired licenses, but that doesn't mean that they are the only company that could have ever done anything good as far as a point-and-click adventure game based on a licensed property. Uh, Surely there are other game developers out there who could do something with Lovecraft Country or or anything else, Um, but it's... If uh, if Lovecraft Country was a game, would you prefer it to be an adventure style game, like a point and click adventure style game, or or uh, how, how would you how would you do this? Is point and click adventure the best way to tell? Have you seen it, by the way? No. Okay. Well, then I'm just going <laughs> to shut up. Then. Um. Yeah, it would be interesting. Um. Because it's all about telling stories. Right. Um. I don't think they would have gotten. I don't think they would have done it uh, because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of race is is a big factor in that game mm-hmm. in that show and um, and and if Ubisoft is any indication of anything, video games do not need to talk about race uh, at all. So, or if they do, they need to be very very smart about it and unfortunately game developers are not always the smartest people (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. Not when it comes to things that don't like. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think so. Like, I don't know how you can make a Lovecraft country game that doesn't talk about uh, race at some point. Like mm. it doesn't race doesn't like uh, uh, dominate the conversation, but, but it's an it, integral part of the yeah, story. It's, it's a factor. Yeah. Well, that, you know. that, that depends on how you define Lovecraft, Lovecraft country. Are you talking about making a game that's specifically based off of the HBO series and the characters in that series? Or are you just talking about making another Lovecraft game in that style? Well, if, when you say Lovecraft country, mm-hmm. you either think of one of two things, the series or the book that the series is based on. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know. I didn't say Siri. I said series. <laughs> um, so when I think of that, I think I, that's what I think. Okay. If you want to make a Lovecraftian game. Yeah. You could do any, Anybody could do that. Yeah. Anybody sure. can just throw some fucking squids all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Watchmen had real, raining, real Cthulhu hours. Yeah, <laughs> Watchmen have raining squids in it. So, yeah, you could do a Lovecraft game, sure, sure. But uh, I don't know. I think it would be interesting. Mm. But you're never gonna see it. No, nobody, nobody has the balls to do it. Uh, uh, you're, Evan, you're you're just gonna skip Johnny's comment there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I haven't gotten to it. It's oh, after okay. Evan's comment. Okay. Uh, Evan says, Brad, did you ever make it to the loader character in Risk of Rain 2? Because that's when the game became my favorite roguelike for me. I don't think I did. Um, unless the loader character is the robot that goes really slow until you sprint and then he barrels into people. Um, I've only unlocked the first three characters so far in that game. I haven't played much Risk of Rain since Assassin's Creed came out because, again, I've spent 72 hours playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla in the past uh, almost month at this point. And that's a lot of time for me. So, Yeah. <laughs> three days playing that game. Yes. Um, Johnny says, after playing and completing Age of Calamity, don't bother explaining the timeline anymore. It's even more wacky. On to more important, on to the more important question. Anyway, how big are you making your genitals in Cyberpunk? <laughs> Uh, the biggest I possibly can. <laughs> it's, it's a fantasy, so I'm going to make it the biggest I possibly can. Uh, I am not purchasing Cyberpunk um, for a number of reasons. Uh, I I don't I don't want to support a crunch culture that CD Projekt Red has so obviously just embraced. Um, so, like, I'm not I'm I'm voting with my money, and I'm voting to abstain. Um, also, ultimately, my husband fucking bought it, and uh, it took him it took him eating up all of our fucking bandwidth for an afternoon to download the goddamn game. Um, and uh, he'll play it, and then once he's done, maybe I'll play it. But I am not nope, spending my own money. It. You can't play it. No, nah, I can't man. play it at all. <laughs> I'm not can't spending play. my own no. money. Can't do that fucking cop out bullshit. <laughs> uh, don't Honest, do that. Honestly, just... honestly, like it's it's not something that's appealed to me from the get go. Um, like this is this is something where I are I always knew I wasn't going to spend my own money on it. Um, if if it. I do get around to playing it, it'll be secondhand. Don't play it. I won't. You, you gotta you gotta stick to your guns. Don't play it. I got other shit to play anyway. Exactly. 
So is there gonna be like a genital slider, or is it just like hard options? Not no pun intended that are that are included in the in the uh, in the hard choices there. Options. Yeah. Uh, I think there are three hard options. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, uh, baby, normal, and porn star <laughs> uh, that you can make. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Biggest. Johnny Johnny's other comment, ironically, uh, inadvertently tying into the end of that conversation as well <laughs> as you read it a certain way. So, <laughs> <laughs> Carrie's on a serious hollow notes kick right now for some reason. Yeah, I so. uh, I the song um, "Out of Touch" came screaming into my brain at about three p.m. this afternoon. Um, so everyone had to suffer for it, which is why the. <laughs> The gif is Hollow Notes celebrating Christmas. <laughs> Are you telling me that Holland Oates is two people and not one guy named Holland <laughs> Oates? Did you think no. that Holland Oates was the new, was one person's name? <laughs> no, that's no, not. but there are Charlie, people out here who think that. Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Holland Oates in concert and it was fucking awesome actually which one is the sean michaels and which one is the marty Jeanette? <laughs> i that sean michaels is the popular yeah, one. yeah which which, not, which which one is the one because i don't think either of them ended up being independently successful so no i would say john oates is is probably more independently successful than daryl hall just because like he he i think is more of a songwriter and like he's a damn good guitarist Mm -hmm. um but like daryl hall is the one who sang so i thought uh, they they both sang yeah but hall 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 sang lead on most if not all of their hits gotcha so there is no Shawn michaels in in this in this in this group of rockers they are equals Uh, Leonardo says with Fortnite seemingly being a new Smash Brothers with all their guest characters slash skins, what's a character you'd like to see pop up from another video game? Uh, from what's a character you'd like to see pop up from other video games slash movies, even if you don't play the game? Oh, good. I mean, I, I can piggyback on my previous question to Carrie. If they had Persona 5 characters show up for a season in Fortnite, would you then play Fortnite for that no. season? No. We, found the, we found the line. That's my line. <laughs> I'm not playing line. Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not playing Fortnite. Nothing's going to get me to play Fortnite. You could put the Golden Sun characters in Fortnite, and I still probably would not play Fortnite. Uh, see, you said probably. That's all. That's all they need. That's all they need. <laughs> they just need a probably. Uh, what if what if probably. the what if the story of Golden Sun Four was told through Fortnite? What if that was Golden Sun Four? Was season season two hundred and seven of Fortnite? They're like we're literally <laughs> out of ideas, so we're gonna make oh, no. Golden Sun Four within the, within this game. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they haven't done it with Star Wars, right? Like you had to play <laughs> they Fortnite. They fucking to did though. That's the Star worst Wars. part. <laughs> no, I don't like this hypothetical. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, then I would have to, right? Like, then I would actually have to download and play Fortnite. Please don't make me do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be. I think it would be fun to see 
not only like Borderlands characters in Fortnite, but if you can find a way to somehow incorporate some of the Borderlands weapons or style of weapons in Fortnite, that would be an interesting thing, I think. Um, the only thing I know about Fortnite is that it involves shooting and carpentry. Yes. Uh, so I don't know, a machine gun toting Jesus. I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I, I've no Fortnite is just something that, uh, that just completely blew by me. I like, I kind of like, I kind of have an idea of what mm-hmm. like, uh, Minecraft was, but Fortnite is just like, I, I, oh, I've, I've I got know. it. This will be an incredibly dated reference for many of you out there, but what if, you had you could use Bob Vila, and he carries around like a nail gun. We found that we found the generational line, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh, Carrie Bob Bob Vila was a host of a syndicated <laughs> television show back in the late '80s called This Old House, uh, where do he you, walked around doing where he did home repair on uh, older homes. Do you know? Do you did you watch Home Improvement? Um. Tim, I the watched, tool man, Taylor's right. sidekick, Bob uh, Al Borland. Bob, uh, Al Borland. Yes, Al Borland. was was modeled yes, after Bob so, Vila. Yes, so. um, I I watched Home Improvement in so much that Home Improvement would eventually come on because I would leave Nick at night on while I was working on research papers my <laughs> no. sophomore and junior year, you, what, you, which uh, meant that <laughs> watching Home Improvement on Nick at night. <laughs> God damn! I was watching Donna Reed and Mr. Ed on Nick at Night when I was when a- I was a kid. I was watching I Love Lucy and Bewitched on Nick at oh Night. So don't even fucking start with me on that. By the time I was in college, it was George Lopez for like eight hours, and then like three episodes of Home Improvement. All right, you were in college at least. All yeah, right. I thought you were gonna be like, oh, and I was a child. I no, was I was nineteen. <laughs> I have a I have a distinct memory of Christmas when I was five years old, waking up at uh five in the morning because I was so excited to open presents. But I waited, so to pass the time, I flipped on Nick at Night and watched some Mister Ed. Yeah, man, <laughs> fucking Mister Ed! Like they put peanut butter on that fucking horse, tortured that fucking horse. <laughs> 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 I I think over the course of my undergraduate career. I must have seen every single episode of George Lopez. I don't remember anything about that show. <laughs> nor, nor should you. It's it's no. it's television junk food essentially. No. So, but yeah, that that that's that's the answer. Is any character that would get you to play Fortnite is the ones you should hope to see hmm. in Fortnite. Yeah. Look, look, Doctor Doom being in that game couldn't get me to try it. So. <laughs> there's no, there's no hope for you. There's no hope for me. There's no hope for you. God, the other, if, yeah, if Doctor Doom couldn't get you log, to log on, I don't know, I don't know what could, what could possibly. There's nothing. So that's it for the show this week. Thank you guys very much for submitting your questions. You too can submit questions by joining our fan group, densepixels.com/slash/fans on Facebook. Uh, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash dense pixels. Ring the bell icon. You'll be posted. You'll be notified when we post an episode. Uh, follow us on Twitch. Uh, I'm Dense Pixels Brad. Terrence is Apparition 410. Carrie is Suffet's Carrie. And again, what's the date for the uh, Baltimore Symphony Gaming Orchestra? 
Uh, so that is next Wednesday, December 16th at 8 p.m. Um, the plan is to have the whole show edited together and then uploaded to YouTube this weekend so I can have the premiere link, which I will then blast out on everything on social media. So, um, but yeah, head to facebook.com slash Baltimore GSO and uh, check it out. There's previews of of a lot of the songs that you can listen to. So it's going to be a real good time. Um, also, side note, if you, like me, had a Hall & Oates emergency during this episode, <laughs> don't forget that there is like a literal hotline called Call & Oates. <laughs> you can call and they'll play a Hall & Oates song. This is hot- a real thing. I didn't know hotlines were still a thing anymore. You can call. I will do it right now. It's not a 900 number, is it? No. It's a fucking, it's I think a Colorado number. This will be on the audio version, but I got to cut it out of YouTube. Otherwise, otherwise it'll get taken down. So no, it's if you're listening, if you're watching on YouTube, we'll see you later. Uh, If you're listening to the audio version, be prepared to be serenaded by the sweet 80s soft rock sounds of Hall of Notes. Why is it ringing? I don't know. I don't want it to ring. Daryl Hall is going to pick up and he's going to be like, yes. This? <laughs> I was calling the Hall. I was calling the Call and Oats hotline. Call and Oats. Like this number's been defunct for twenty years. Like this is my cell phone now. What are you doing? There's a, there's a Twitter page you can go to called Call and Oats. C A L L I N O A T E S. Daryl Hall picks it up and then he realizes it's a plank and he just Oats. <laughs> Listen to Hall and Oats. It's good. Good shit. Yes, but no. Yeah. So, so as we determined, Hall Notes not a, not a rockers, more of a uh, Midnight Express uh, style tag team. That right That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Great, great together, but worthless apart from one another. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time.